0: All right, all right, all right. It's that time again. Welcome to the Gas and Go podcast, the greatest NASCAR podcast in all of the land. This week brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for officially licensed NASCAR merchandise. Go check them out. So, boys, I don't know. For some reason, it feels like uh, it's been longer than a week since we released our last episode with Daniel Hemrick. Maybe just the long days and nights with no NASCAR getting to me. But maybe that's also why I'm so excited for this episode. It's the first of our 2021 season preview episodes. And this week, joining the boys is our boy, Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. So, if you're a gas-and-go diehard, an OG Been there from the beginning. You'll remember that Nate joined us way back when on just our fifth episode. So our second guest ever is making his second appearance on the podcast. We haven't scared him off yet. We also haven't scared off anyone from the regular Gas and Go crew. And the whole team is back in the house to help preview the 2021 season. So like I said, we've got Nate joining us. Stage one will be with Nate. We've got NASCAR news in stage two. And then in stage three, the boys will lay out some bold NASCAR predictions. So that should be fun. So without further ado, let's bring in the crew. That rhymed, and I did not mean it to. Ooh, one more. All right. And we cool. always start with the guy that fuels us up, our gas man, Papa Bear Dave. Dave. Give yes, me, sir. Give me the race in 2021 you're most
1: looking forward to with the exception of Daytona, which is extremely top of mind right now. I'm going Richmond in April for a variety of reasons. Uh, I've said on here before, it's my favorite track. Uh, We got our boy Corey LaJoy breaking out that Schluter fire paint scheme in Richmond. And I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe some of the crew could get down there and check out a race in person. Um, So I'm circling Richmond in April on the calendar, and and let's do it. For
0: selfish reasons, but that's okay. I I like where your head's at. Hopefully, we can't get down there uh, and take in the sights and sounds of NASCAR in person again. Uh, That would be very nice. All right, let's get into our next Gas & Go crew member here, and that's our analytics guru, Ryan, a.k.a. Rhino. Rhino, I know you've been really into the new tracks on the schedule this year. So which one are you most looking forward to?
1: No doubt, no surprise. It's Circuit of the Americas is at the very top of my list. I even have a hotel reservation in Austin to prove it, vaccine withstanding. It'll be really cool to see the stock cars out there, the same track that the F1 cars take. I will be absolutely insufferable that week, guaranteed. <laughs> You'll not want to hear from me.
0: <laughs> I might go just to get some Texas you're not.
1: You're not invited. You're not invited.
0: <laughs> I'm not going with you. I'm we have on borders
1: own. on Texas. I'm a Texan. We know who to let in and who not to let in. <laughs> Ryan's a Texan all of a sudden. All right. Let's... I was born in Dallas. Everyone knows that. The Gas and Go Nation knows that.
2: Ryan is a Texan. All right. Guaranteed. All right. Well,
0: let's well move a on Virginian. Our...
1: A Virginian first. Sorry. A Virginian first. Then a Texan. Sorry. Let's move
0: on from our cowboy over and bring in the five greatest Jackman of all time. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Okay, Dale, here's your question. Give me the new driver or driver on a new team you're most interested in watching this year?
2: Yeah, I think the easy answers, right, are Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace, but I'm not going to go with either of those. They've been talked about enough. I'm going to go with our guy, though, Corey LaJoy. I'm excited to see him running that seven car, see what he can do out there, especially in Daytona. So I'm going to be rooting for
3: him a lot.
0: Cool. Love it. Love it. All right, next up is our eyes in the sky. Spotter cons. Cons, get out your Magic 8 ball here. We've already had one schedule change, and the season hasn't even started. So do you think we, we will see at least one more schedule change during the 2021 NASCAR season?
3: Yeah, I don't see how we won't have a schedule change. I mean, there's so much unknown even still with COVID and testing and, and results. I'm just hoping that we get another one week or two week with Wednesday night racing. Those were great weeks and that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, those were fun. Too bad they didn't do well enough on TV for TV to bring them back, but I liked it. It was cool. I, I like where your head's out there. All right. Well, not last this week is Connor. Cause we've got our special guest honorary gas and go crew scribe. Nate Ryan from NBC sports, Nate, you're fresh off covering the Rolex 24 how many hours out of the 24 did you watch?
4: Uh, I'm kind of a wuss. I I didn't make all 24. Uh, I went to bed at, uh, midnight on Saturday and, uh, got up at around 6. AM Sunday and watched a little bit. I probably got to the track like at nine. So I guess what, probably 15 fully immersed hours of the Rolex 24, maybe almost 16, but certainly, uh, Certainly not the full race, as some have attempted to do unwisely, I think. All right.
0: Well, I'm glad you're well-rested for this episode, Nate. We need you at 100% because we certainly, all five of us combined, don't even come with 100%. So glad glad to hear you
1: got some rest. All right. Well, Papa Bear, what you got for me this week? All right. Maybe a little more abstract than the questions I've heard so far. But with Bristol adding a dirt race to the Cup Series in 2021, what is another surface You'd like to see hit the NASCAR schedule.
0: Uh, this is a good question and it's timely because if you saw Pocono Raceways' Twitter profile the, with a sheet of ice on the on the track right now, oh yeah, I oh, immediately yeah. was like, let's get some cars out there, get some chain tires, you know, some all terrains. That,
1: awesome. That's exactly what. Yeah, that's exactly what made me think of this. I mean, you know, part of me is like, grass would be kind of cool. I don't, you know, maybe little Wimbledon center court action, but yeah, Pocono (laughs) ice is exactly what I was thinking about.
0: (laughs) We should just get the cars with ice skates instead of uh, tires.
1: (laughs) Wait, you give me a hard time for talking about Formula One, but Dave brings up Wimbledon. You're not going to, you know, ruffle his feathers a little bit?
0: (laughs) Man, Dave, what what a loser thing to say. Wimbledon
1: has quality quality grass that I want to put big tires on, all right? There's nothing wrong with that.
3: I feel like after the third lap, grass racing just becomes dirt racing.
1: (laughs) Or mud racing, yeah. Not if you have good turf management skills. True.
0: Get the Augusta guys out there and manage it. All right, well, let's get the whole crew into stage one here. DW, get us going. Let's go racing, boys! All right, the 2021 NASCAR season is less than two weeks away and we're going to break down a lot of the trending topics out there for you. And we've got an expert helping out the crew this week. So Nate, it's weird because it's it kind of feels like this was both the longest off-season ever and sort of like the shortest off-season ever. So much going on, so much anticipation leading up to the 500. So in your opinion, what's the biggest headline going into the 2021 season?
4: I, you know, I, I think Garrett that it has to be uh, the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace team just because uh, that that's what I hear the most about in terms of mainstream attention, in terms of like potential transcendence, which I know we talked about last time when I was on here uh, in in relation to the storyline that this yeah. is the thing that I think can truly move the needle for NASCAR, and I think we've seen that during the off season, that this is what a lot of people I think are talking about right now for NASCAR and unfortunately as you guys know being nascar fans you see it on social media it's not all sunshine and roses it's not all positive um you know i i sent out a tweet uh the first day i was there for the rolex on media day they had the five toyotas lined up at the dayton Dayton international speedway um, injector uh one of the entrances to the grandstands there and they had all five toyotas lined up and bubba wallace and eric jones like were in their new they had the Toyotas with the new paint scheme. So I thought this was kind of cool. Like we're three weeks out from the Daytona 500. Toyota's already got its activation set up for the 2021 cup season. And I just sent out like the most innocuous tweet, like here's a photo of these five cars and more social reaction than I've had all year so far. And unfortunately, again, as you guys know, a lot of it uh, negative, I want to make, not the majority of it, but just like the people who want to argue about bubble Wallace and uh, like, can he win a race? Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of demoralizing at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, again, like if he does win a race, that to me is just more evidence that, that, uh, th- this is a story that again, moves the needle and really, uh, could put NASCAR over the top in terms of some headlines for 2021.
0: Have you guys heard anything about Michael Jordan, like having a presence, whether it's at the track or like media during the season, like what's his involvement
4: going to be? Denny Hamlin has told us that, uh, you can expect to see him at some races this year. And I would, I, I believe he said, I believe I asked him this, um, back, uh, uh the pre Phoenix championship for news conference. And he said, probably going to see him at a race in Florida in February. So I, I would expect that he will be at the Daytona 500, um, in a few weeks. You now NASCAR just came out with news today about how they're altering their COVID protocols a little bit. And, um, they're going to expand the roster slightly and allow for like a team principal or a team owner. Um, now regardless if they had expanded the rosters at all, if Michael Jordan said, <laughs> I'm coming to the races, I think they would have made room for him much like they would have done for like Pitbull, who is the grand marshal of the Daytona 500. So he's already on the list, but, uh, I think they would make exceptions, uh, in those cases, but yeah, I think we'll see MJ at the Daytona 500, how many races beyond that? I'm not sure, but. Uh, Hamlin has given us every indication that, uh, Jordan will be an actively involved owner that, you know, he doesn't go halfway. I'm, I'm a Charlotte resident and certainly in the 10 years he's on the Hornets, he's not courtside as much as he was the first few years, but we still see him, uh, at Hornets games as well. So I think we'll see him at cup races.
3: Nate, do you, uh, have any one-on-one scheduled with Jordan yet?
4: (laughs) No, I do not Connor. Uh, actually my colleague, Dustin Long uh, and Bob Pachris were able to get Jordan and Denny on the phone, like right after they made the announcement. And to my knowledge, that's the only interview Jordan has given so far uh, to any media outlets about NASCAR, where where he's talked about on the record. I I believe that we put in an ask uh, for on camera with NASCAR and NBC. And I, I, I think that he, respectfully declined us and virtually everybody else. And they just, they sought out Bob and Dustin said, for right now, this is the only media we're doing. So yeah, no, no MJ interviews on my calendar, but I'm sure that it would would be surprising to me if you didn't see him uh, a little more often uh, in front of a camera, you know, I don't know if Fox has him for Daytona, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, Nate, you you said that's the big headline, and I definitely think that a lot of us would agree there. But, right, it's not the only driver change. We have other, you know, old drivers going to new teams, new teams coming up. So there's a lot of shuffling around. Maybe it's the Michael Jordan bringing the NBA free agency style to NASCAR, but what do you make? Is this normal for the, you know, part of the course? Is this more? What are you kind of having your thoughts on
4: that? Uh, it, it feels, Dylan, as if, like, um, there's more of it uh, on an annual basis than there used to be. Uh, you know, when I started covering NASCAR full-time in 2002, um, driver contracts and free agency were a thing, but contracts seemed to be handled differently in that era where they were almost like paper tigers, uh, in some ways that, you know, guys would sign them, you know, rich Bickle would sign like a three-year deal to drive the 1010 10, 345 call car or something like that. And like two months later he'd be fired. And um it doesn't seem like that happens nearly as much anymore. Now it seems like as NASCAR has kind of grown and you know, maybe become a little bit more mainstream. And you know, maybe it's the effect of like charter systems and and like the business team model changing and the way sponsors have gotten more involved, but just feels a lot more structured in terms of the way driver contracts are done and the way drivers and teams are held to them the way they didn't used to be. So there, there's just this increasing focus, I think, on the terms of the driver contracts and who is up every year. And it, you know, silly season has been a term that has been around. I mean, it was the, the original name of the J-Ski silly season side. It's, it's been around for more than a quarter century, probably longer but it feels like a, a perennial storyline now more than ever. And after last year when we all said, oh this is going to be one of the biggest potential driver of free agent movement markets we've ever seen, it, uh, it feels like this year could be just as big. and even though we had news today as we're, I'm speaking to you guys that uh, Joe Gibbs race and extended Denny Hamlin, uh, you know Gibbs still has Martin Truex jr. to sign and Brad Kislowski who we all kind of played parlor games about last year about you know where's he gonna go you know how much, can you leverage out of Penske or Henry? And he ends up signing a one-year deal. So he's just, he's back in the same place he was in 2020, just coming off a much better season. Um, but he's he's back in the same situation with Penske where we don't know if he'll be there beyond this season. So um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I don't know how the focus or why the focus has changed a little bit, but uh, it does seem as if this has become a bigger annual story. And uh, it seems like every year there are a lot of drivers who could switch seats.
3: Do you do you ever see trades coming between teams?
4: Uh, that's a good question, Connor. You know, I, I don't know if it would be possible in the current model, but like you, you hear that, you hear about like how can NASCAR sort of be applied in a way to uh, the way other sports do it. Uh, you know, Premier League soccer being a great example. You know, people talk a lot about you know could they ever do relegation. Um, where if you don't perform to a certain level in cup, you get knocked down the expandy series or vice versa. You can get moved up. Um, that might be more plausible than, than having like <laughs> trades. I, I guess like th- there have been a couple of instances where, where teams have had de facto trades where, um, uh, I believe it was John Andretti and Jeremy Mayfield essentially like got traded between a couple of teams in like the mid nineties. Um, but yeah, it doesn't happen nearly as much. And, um, I, I, you know, I guess it's just it's it's so different um, from other sports where, you know, you have positional players and you can kind of trade between different positions. Obviously, it's it's t- it would be tough to trade a driver for like a pit crew or a crew chief or a lead engineer. Right. So I guess that probably complicates it.
1: You're just talking about uh, Keselowski there, but among the four guys like Blaney's locked up long-term, Logano's locked up long-term, Harvick's big, uh, Briscoe and Sindrick are coming through. Where do you think Keselowski ends up in 2022? And are are we kind of just forgetting about him? Is he kind of underrated now at this point?
4: It's a great question, right? I I don't have a good feel. Um, I can tell you like a year ago, it certainly didn't seem like he'd be back at Penske this year. Um, Especially given the way Penske did that uh, crew swap and Brad Keselowski ended up with the only crew chief that hadn't won a championship of that trio, th- that to me almost felt like it was sending a message. Um, and I think it was perceived that way um, by a lot of people. And if you, if you go back and look at what Craig Kozlowski said toward the end of last season, really from midway, midway on last season, when he started to have the, the success with Jeremy Bowens, his new crew chief, and they won races and he reestablished his championship form. He basically said, I needed a kick in the butt. Um, and it was probably that crew chief change that did it. And, where it might've looked initially as if like, Hey, this is a sign that Brad Keselowski might be on the way out. I think it ended up being a a way to reinvigorate him and keep him at the team another year. But again, he's sort of in the same situation aside from he seems like in a much better place professionally, personally, personally, he was a good place last year, but professionally seems in a much better place uh, this year than last. But I, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I, I, it's hard to look at it, especially when you know that um, Austin Sindrick is lurking um, there, and you know he's moving into the the Wood Brothers car um, that De Benedetto will have for twenty one. Um, but uh, there's just uh, th- there could be so much in play there, and um, it, it would be, it would be really hard for me to lay odds on where Keselowski goes after this season until it starts and we have a general feel of what he's saying and how he's doing. And, um, you know, where the team is, but again, like a year ago, I, I probably would have said better than 50, 50. He doesn't come back. Do we know for sure if
1: Cendric has to go to the 21 or if Brad has a bad year and Cindric looks good in this partial schedule that he could jump all the way up to the top yeah. team? Do we know that?
4: I, I, we don't, I, I think anything is possible there. I think everything is fluid, especially when you look at, uh, the wood brothers racing. It's, um, it's not talked about a lot, but they really are essentially a satellite team of team Penske, um, you know, team Penske has huge influence, uh, in, in that team getting in the racetrack, uh, in, in terms of uh, car, car builds and preps and and all those things. So, uh, I don't think it would be hard for them, uh, to make that swap the way it might be for another team that has an alliance, like say, you know, twenty three eleven racing with, with Gibbs, that would be a little bit more tricky if they were to make that kind of play. But, um, yeah, I think it would be easier between Penske and Wood Brothers, and it's a good question. I and I I don't know. Yeah, if, if Austin Sindrick comes out and wins the Daytona 500 and then wins a road course race or something, <laughs> and he's already won an Xfinity championship, there's no question that 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 storyline will bubble up and probably will become annoying and a distraction for Penske and Keslowski to and the Wood Brothers and, and Wood Brothers, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. All right, Nate,
0: let's pivot to someone who definitely has his contract under lock for. Forever probably, um, and that's Chase Elliott. So everything about this schedule to me, and the and the way he won last year, seems to set up for him to like win the back to back championships. No question. Why am I wrong?
4: Uh, I mean, it's it's a fair point, Garrett, and you know, I I think that I would probably make the counterpoint of. Uh, you can look at Kyle Bush's 2020 season and say that that's a good reason why you can't just preemptively declare Chase Elliott the the 2021 champion. Even though you're right that the way the schedule has been rejiggered lays out really, really well for him. I mean, seven road course races for a guy who's won four straight road courses. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to look at that and not like say, well, Chase Elliott's going to enter the playoffs with some huge massive bulge um, over everybody else the way Truex did a few years ago. But Uh, there's not as many road courses in the playoffs, so he, he could win a lot in the regular season, but he, he still wouldn't have those automatic transfers in the playoffs. So that's, that's one thing. But again, if you go back and look at Kyle Bush a year ago and uh, he won that 19 championship and then coming into the 20 season, I think everybody looked at Joe Gibbs racing and said, this is a team that dominated in 2019. Uh, nothing has changed. The car staying the same at the time. Next gen was supposed to come out this year so uh it wasn't gonna be a lot of money spent on research and development and competition that people expected with the uh the current gen 6 car and then kyle bush and just came out and fell flat on his face and and gibbs as a whole i mean Ham- hamlin had a good year but i mean jones didn't win and truex only won once so um that would be i guess my argument is that even when it think it seems like things say static in nascar and you just expect oh there must be a transference of guy was really good this year. Not much is changing or things are even getting more beneficial in some ways. He'll be fine the next season. Uh, I don't think you can necessarily do the transitive property of like one plus one equals two.
2: Could but, you all be so looking some more to like maybe even Kevin Harvick last year, who just dominated the regular season and then playoff times come and right? Like once you hit the playoffs, kind of anything can happen really.
4: Yeah, uh, that's absolutely true. Dylan. Like I, I thought that, um, you know, Harvick was a great example of why you can't put too much stock on the regular season because the playoffs uh, tend to hinge on races and tracks that aren't in the regular season. So, you know, where Harvick, what he won at Michigan, he won at Pocono, um, he won at like the so-called 550 horsepower tracks. But the the key to the championship was the 750 tracks, the, the, the Martinsvilles, the Phoenixes, where uh, Chase Elliott and Hendrick obviously found another gear in the playoffs and the Penske cars were really good at those tracks during the regular season. So uh, again, even though Harvick dominated the regular season and and went through it with that huge points bulge and that kind of carried him, it still wasn't enough to get him to the championship round, which is just astounding when you think about how good he was in the regular season. But yeah, Harvick is a great example of, uh, where you, you can't, I, I, NASCAR and just racing in general, but NASCAR in particular, I think is a real hard sport to, to like be predictive with and just say, well, just be, all these things just happen, So it's going to play out this way. I think you can do that with the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball, but there's, a, there's an aspect of NASCAR with the way the rules and the competition are dynamic and setups change every week. And the tracks, the playing field, obviously, is different every week. Um, that it makes it a, a much more variable and, and difficult to predict.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, sort of sticking on Hendrick here for a second, while we're talking about Chase, right? The other big name coming in is Kyle Larson, obviously. And he, since his comeback, has won just about everything he's run in. And people's expectations are very high for him, it feels. Do you have those same expectations,
4: You know, I, I think that he is going to win multiple races. Um, I, I just, I have a feeling, even though he was out of the car for a year, uh, the season that he had dirt racing last year was phenomenal. Uh, obviously he went through some really, really difficult personal stuff with losing his ride and NASCAR and going through the sensitivity training to, um, get his, uh, indefinite suspension lifted. Uh, You know, huge PR nightmare for him. Uh, But the the times I've spoken to him or or seen him do media availability since Hendrick signed him last October, he seems to be uh, in a pretty good place and seems to be sort of he's definitely appreciative of his opportunity and to have this second chance that he didn't know if he was going to get. And I think like part of the reason he found himself in the place that he did and maybe they knock on him. And I wrote about this last year was that I think he was rushed a little bit. I know that's kind of ridiculous to say because um, he won on races for Ganassi and he, and he didn't really wasn't a, a, quite a championship contender, but he was a playoff contender. Um, so, you know, usually when I talk about drivers who are rushed the cup, you say, oh, it's because it's like a Casey Atwood. They, they wash out or after a year or two and, and don't win. Uh, in Larson's case, I think he just could have used a, a couple more years of seasoning um, to kind of handle um, the, the big picture nature of NASCAR. And I think this year away has given him that. And that he, he's obviously lost nothing in terms of talent. Yes, he's a year, almost a year out of driving Cup cars, but he's just he's he's got that Kyle Busch otherworldly ability that I don't think he'll have much struggle getting back up the speed. And uh, provided Hendrick is where they were at the end of last year. Um, that's going to be a really, really strong team. I could see Byron Elliott, um, and Larson and, and and Bowman being in the mix a little bit too, for, for wins on a regular basis.
2: And just like kind of going off of like getting back up to speed, right. You know, he's running, I believe the Hendricks motorsports.com car and a lot of his sponsors seem to be through, you know, Rick Hendrick. When do you start to see sponsors kind of coming around where he's bringing in new sponsors and maybe not someone just affiliated already with Hendrick has on his car.
4: If he has a really, really good season and makes the playoffs, goes deep, uh, doesn't have any sort of controversies, uh, I, I think that sponsors will return quickly because, uh, because, uh, because of him, but also because of, of Rick Hendrick. Uh, the owner he's driving for, much like a Roger Penske would be, uh, he's an astute businessman. Um, I, I think that the, the way he's handled this and brought Larson back in um, speaks to who Rick Hendrick is and how he's regarded both in and, and outside of NASCAR. And uh, if he has something to sell, uh, I don't think they're going to have any problem selling it by the end of next season. Uh, now, all that being said, I, I am a little um, remorseful uh, or, you know, I, I don't know if sad is the right word, but like, I, I, there, there was a, there was a side of Kyle Larson that as reporters, we all loved uh, which is that he spoke, very, very bluntly and was always honest not and and not in like a, a brash sort of way, just a matter of fact, like, here's what I think and, you know, take it or leave it, you know, whatever you, you want to do with it. And, um, I, I hope that that part of him remains, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it can in some ways, but at least at the outset, but I hope that, um, we, we still get that level of candor and insight from, from Kyle, because, um, that, that was part of the reasons that he was fun to cover.
0: Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see uh, that, that sort of the new look, Larson. I mean, we've sort of seen it through the, the Chili Bowl and some of the other things he's run. But on the NASCAR stage, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, all right, Nate, I got a hot take here. Get your fire extinguisher ready. <laughs> Denny Hamlin, now business partner with Michael Jordan, like we already talked about. But is it starting to feel like Denny Hamlin might be the Charles Barkley of NASCAR? You no know, Hall of Fame career, but no championship.
4: Yeah and uh likes to play a lot of golf in his spare time um yeah, and buddies with
0: I, MJ like yeah it lines up. yeah
4: exactly yeah <laughs> uh um, it, it it does sort of feel that way and I remember when um I think it was when Jimmy Johnson won championship number 6 yes when Jimmy Johnson won championship number 6 Denny Hamlin won the season finale that year at Homestead Miami Speedway. And that was the same year that he broke his back and, and missed four races. And we, that was his only victory that year. So, um, he came in and, you know, we were, we are asking about like, you know, what's it like, you haven't won a championship yet in 2000 and at this point, he's been close now four or five times, but this was three years removed from 2010 where uh, he, he'll say it. I mean, he essentially choked the, the championship away when J- Jimmy won his fifth, it was like, you know, how do you how do you deal with that, Denny? How do you process that? And he's like, Well, this is life in the Jimmy Johnson era. And he, he compared it to Michael Jordan, I believe. And he might have thrown out Barkley's name or like some of those names. I mean, there, there are definitely parallels there where uh Ewing, Barkley, I'm forgetting like there are a couple um, other obvious ones. Yeah, Malone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, Stockton. Like th- there are guys that should have won championships in any other era. And uh Unfortunately, that, that might be Denny's only solace, although I, still, I was thinking about today. I think year three with Chris Gabehart and the, the way he uh, ha- and has handled Denny Hamlin's team the last two years as his crew chief, I, I think that this could be a, another, you know, he's kind of had career years, I guess, the last two years, but th- this could be like another career year for Denny. And maybe, you know, to speak frankly, I mean, he, he just turned 40. Uh, he's not getting any younger, uh, this might be his best shot.
3: Well, ju- jumping back into a, a guy that has won championships and, and retouching in with Kyle Busch, do you see him having a new crew chief um, make his issues from last year resolved? Do you see him winning more races, being going farther in the playoffs?
4: I think that he will win more races. I don't know if he'll necessarily click the way he and Adam Stevens did when they won the championship immediately in 2015. If you go back and look when, when Kyle Bush has new crew chiefs, he does t- tend to do really well. You know, I can think of like um uh, Dave, when he got paired with Dave Rogers um, I, I think they were good, but not great. And um, I, you know, I don't know a lot about Ben B. Shore. Like, And again, like a lot of us didn't know a lot about Adam Stevens um, before he came up to the cup series. So, you know, maybe he'll, he'll be Stevens like, Um, but I, I don't know. I I don't have the sense that like, it'll just be like some magic uh, elixir that will, will bring Kyle immediately back to championship level. I I feel like the problems were much more deeply rooted for Kyle. um, Not just last year, but the last couple of years beyond just the crew chief, it was trying to, fall in love make himself like the rules um there was no secret he hated the 550 package when it first came out I think last year he had learned the deal with it and then it was all these other things that just sort of it was it was the lack of practice and the no qualifying I think the lack of practice I think hurt Kyle more than anybody else last year um how much will he be able to adapt to that this year Uh, that I think is going to be the big the bigger question more so the crew chief and I think he can back get back to championship level like uh, he he might not do it this year, but uh, like he, he could do it two years from now. Like Kyle Busch is too good to not overcome. I I think he obstacles. I think he likes challenges the way Jimmy Johnson, the way Chase Elliott, and those types of drivers are and do. But I don't think just switching crew chiefs is, is necessarily going to going to fix everything that sort of plagued him last year.
1: Well, that's we know uh, Ben Bishore is a Virginia Tech graduate, so we're, we're all rooting for him here. <laughs>
4: but uh, yeah. I, I'm
1: disappointed in your answer there,
3: Nate. I had Kyle Busch as one of my like, dark horses to win, win it all this year, so I'm going to have to do some re-
1: rethinking here and scratch <laughs> well, him off. Well, that's crazy.
4: You're the, he's, he's a dark horse. I guess that says it all right there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's right.
1: <laughs> so sticking with the Toyota camp, uh, who do you think is going to have the better season next year? Christopher Bell moving up to the big Gibbs team or Bubba Wallace on the new 2311 uh,
4: ride? Man. That is, uh, that is a great, um, what would they call that prop bet in Vegas? It, it would be um, tight.
1: It would be close.
4: Yeah. Um, it would be really, that's a really, really hard one to, to pick. Uh, I, I'd probably say bell just because he's in the mothership. He's in Joe Gibbs racing and he's already been in the situation that Bubba Wallace was in last year when bell ran the, the Levine family racing car and learned that life as an affiliate alliance team can often be really, really fraught with not very good situations. Uh, all that being said, Bell turned it around the last few years and he could have won tech, the last few races. He, he could have won Texas. Um, and he, he certainly seemed to find his stride during the playoffs. So uh, I like Bell's chances probably of being a playoff contender and a winner. And I think that there probably were, will be like new team blues for um, for Bubba Wallace in, in the first year with 2311 racing. I think they could make the playoffs if everything goes right. And I think there are the, that alliance and partnership should be better than Levine Family Racing Gibbs arrangement, which, you know, by all accounts didn't seem to, to work out all that great. So um, I could see Bubba winning. Uh, but if you if you put me to the test and said, like, who's going to win? Who's going to have the better season, Bell or Wallace? I'd probably pick Bell.
1: So you think the 2311 affiliation will be closer to like what, uh, the mattress one had the, uh, with the 78, which Yeah. Yeah. French yeah. will be closer th- to that than I, what it was for LFR.
4: I think that's absolutely it. And that is, uh, when Toyota racing executives did a news conference, uh, last November to uh, announcing, uh, that it was going to be a Toyota team. That was exactly the example they brought up right away. Cause somebody said, well, you know, the, the alliances don't really work that well when we look around the NASCAR garage and immediately they were like, well, actually, we won um, the championship in 2017 with Joe Gibbs Racing supplying this affiliate team for Interrail Racing. And that, and that team also made the, the championship round the next year. So uh, that's going to be the model. That That's going to be the template that they, they try to, I think, hit. Uh, now, there's a lot of things that are different about 2311 Racing, I think. Versus furniture row one, not, you know, maybe primary being one was based in Denver, Colorado, and the other is going to be based right after the road from JGR. And that, I don't know, maybe that should be viewed as a positive for 2311. But in some ways, I think that was sort of a secret weapon for furniture row. And uh, it'll just, it'll be interesting to see how close and tight they can, they can make that partnership.
1: And having Cole Pern as
4: the uh, crew chief probably. That would be, that's that's the biggest secret weapon. No (laughs) question. Cole Pern is, uh, was the smartest man in NASCAR. Hopefully he'll be back someday and reclaim that title.
3: Well, switching gears here, um, I want to ask you about the next gen car and and if you thought that the, you know, last year, uh, the pandemic was almost a blessing in disguise for it. Maybe it wasn't going to be ready this year, even if it had all the practice um, that it needed to have. Do do you think it was going to be ready, or do you think um, th- this is something that it kind of lucked it out almost?
4: Yeah, I, I think that like th- this was sort of the only move uh, that NASCAR had. Connor w- was to do it this way. Uh, they hadn't gotten nearly far along down the path of uh, having all the vendors picked out and the suppliers, and they had gotten pretty far, I guess. Like where they knew who probably a lot of them were going to be, but it was it was already going to be this Herculean undertaking for NASCAR to roll out Next Gen this year. Uh, and the entire industry was worried about it. I mean, I'm sure they could have made it happen, but like once the pandemic hit, uh, it had zero shot of liftoff at that point because uh, it was already going to be a moonshot to get it on the track this year. Uh, and so, in many ways, like I think this is better because, um, you know, we, we've heard NASCAR executives been um, talking up the uh, the rollout of this car now, and uh, you know they tested it on the Roval and the Oval at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, with Truex and Kurt Busch uh, a couple months ago, we heard today uh, NASCAR announced that they're going to have the first full manufacturer test at Martinsville uh, in March uh, coming up with, uh, w- w- you know, with several cars on track at the same time. And they're going to have like, some sort of unveil in late spring. So if they were trying to do all that last year with everything else that was happening, never mind it being like, just impossible in terms of like, resources and manpower and money, Uh, there were just, there, there was no reason why they, they would have done it last year to have it roll out this year. So like the fact that they got the a year, uh, I think works out in a lot of ways and you know, maybe not the least of which that I think they're gonna get a lot of PR value from it this year.
1: I might be making this up, but I think last year, there were rumors that they were going to run the next gen car at the 2020 all-star race. Are there any chances that we might see it this year on the track?
4: Yeah, race? I, there were, there were rumors of that, right? And I, I think like they were supposed to run it. Um, uh, maybe it, they were looking at it maybe for the clash to, or, uh-huh. or something, or, or maybe it was, they're going to run like, I think they're going to run last year's cars at this year's clash. Maybe that was it. Um, but yeah, I know I haven't heard anything to that. I, I'd be surprised if we see it in a race and any sort of race conditions on track uh, before 2022 at this point.
3: How do you feel about
4: the one lug nut? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good thing on a lot of fronts. Again, like something that like NASCAR, Twitter will lose its mind over (laughs) and did. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I actually had, uh, I I got to, uh, be first on that story last year. And when I tweeted the link, it was was, was, like the the bubble Wallace Toyota thing I was talking about earlier. It was just like, I just, I tweeted the link out and then I didn't go and check my mentions for seven hours because i knew how bad it was gonna be and it was bad um again like not all negative uh but nascar fans are passionate and they tend to not really like change but i think in this case it's it's a it's the right move um safety wise it makes a lot of sense um it's uh, it's easier for nascar to sort of make sure that wheels are on tight which they should be and like You'll still have, I mean, they're not going to be like demonstrably slower in terms of the pit stops. Um, I, I, NASCAR, I think expected that the pit stops would be like half a second to a second slower with like getting the wheel on and off or something. I can't remember. I had to go back and look, but it, it wasn't going to be that much slower. Now it, 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 it might change like pit crew salary structure because um, some of those guys won't be in as much demand uh, b- because of, of the way the changing process will work. Um, so it, it will affect salaries on the pit crew sc- side and, you know, it might lessen some of the importance of that, but I I'm kind of okay with that because I, sometimes I think there's almost too much emphasis on pit stops, especially with how important track position has gotten in recent years and aerodynamics and all that stuff. There's almost been too much, um, emphasis put on pit stops. So if it de-emphasizes that a little bit, I think I'd be okay with that.
0: Nate, I didn't major in math, but I'm pretty sure one is four less than five. How are the pit stops going to be slower? <laughs>
4: it's, it's because of, like, I don't, again, I, I know just enough to be dangerous about this, Garrett. And <laughs> I have to go back and look at my notes to make sure I understand it completely because I asked the same question. It's because of, like, the torque, <laughs> uh, like, of the gun and how it applies. The, the single lug nut, I think, is, like, heavier and, and requires gigantic. more, yeah, it requires, like, a lot more force and torque to, like, get it on the wheel. Gotcha. Or on the stud or whatever it is. So, so that's why it still takes uh, not the ex- exact same amount of time as changing five, but like close to it.
2: Yeah, that's you know, that's just one change going on in NASCAR too, right? We have road course additions, we got a dirt race at Bristol. I don't know if you guys have heard this yet, but Michael Jordan's actually now involved in NASCAR as well, you know. With all this happening and right, COVID still kind of being looming a little bit as we go into twenty one. Is NASCAR starting to feel a lot of pressure to get these sponsors back on the track? They're doing so many changes that seem to be positive. Where's that thought process lying for them?
4: Yeah, I I think you're going to see a lot of that in 21 Um, because there was grumbling toward the end of last season from sponsors about hospitality and how do we get VIPs in. And I don't know if this played a role, but uh, in IndyCar and IMSA, Uh, there was a little more leeway for allowing VIP guests in the garage than there was in NASCAR, oddly enough. So I I think there may have been um, some note swapping there going on in corporate America where IndyCar sponsors like the Indy 500, they might've said, hey, we got to have this many people here. How many are you going to have for Daytona? And NASCAR sponsors might've said, well, look at what we got all season, like not a lot. (laughs) They're not really letting us in the garage. So um, I think you're already starting to see movement on that front. And uh, there being more dispensation for, for sponsor involvement with, you know, the news about the uh, Daytona 500 is going to have 30,000 fans. And I was uh, there, as you guys mentioned for the Rolex 24 last week. And uh, I don't, they didn't, they were really, really cautious. They didn't want to say how many fans they had. I would guess at least 10 to 15,000. And they had sponsor displays in the infield. Uh, They allowed like Cadillac to put up its big, thing and the, the Corvette corral where they have all these fans come and park their Corvettes. That was there. And they had, it was, it was thinner than past years, but they had presence. And, um, if they're gonna have 30,000 people at Daytona, uh, I think you'll probably see some of that and, and the, they'll try to do more of that to make sponsors happy.
1: So last year we got the choose cone in the middle of the 2020 season. Do you envision any, uh, mid season changes this year that you want to go out on the limb <laughs> and predict?
4: Um, I, you know, I can't, I, I, I would think that with with seven road course races, um, and with several of them at new venues and with there being so many new venues on the twenty twenty one schedule. I mean, going back to your guys' original question, like what's the biggest story? I mean, there's probably a strong argument to be made that it's the the way the schedule's been overhauled. And when there's that much schedule overhaul, um, there's gonna be a lot of unknowns uh and probably a lot of things that we're not gonna be able to anticipate. So uh, I don't know if we'll see restart procedures altered the way we did last year uh, in the middle of the year with with the, the choose uh, the, the, the choose role, but um, I, I'm sure we could see like week to week thing like I don't think we'll see practice and qualifying come back like on mass or something like that, but you could see little tweaks week to week and I think a lot of it could be centered on the new venues.
1: And you guys at NBC did a much better job than uh, Fox did with the choose <laughs> and actually actually showing it, which they didn't even show at all during the all-star race with Fox. So I'm looking forward to what Fox has in store uh, for how they're going to do it or what they're going to copy off of you guys.
4: I, I appreciate that, Ryan. I mean, I, I try not to like, you know, get into that. I mean, we don't certainly want to disparage our uh, our broadcast partners, as we say. But And it was completely new um, when Fox was dealing with it at the all-star race. But I agree with you. I'm biased, but I thought we did an excellent job of like just laying out like, with the mug shots and showing like this yeah. guy went left, this guy went right. It, it, it was easy to follow. Hopefully
1: I, I'll say it for you. Don't worry. You, you <laughs> guys it. had it right.
4: Yep. All right, Nate
2: starting to just wind down a little bit here. We're not getting you out of here without giving some predictions. Can you give me a final four and a champion that you have in your head?
4: Oh man. I haven't even done um, my prediction for NBC slash NASCAR. doing. So this is hard. Uh, News. I, I, yeah. Put me on the spot. Um, I picked last year. I picked Denny Hamlin to win the championship, and I think I had three of the final four. Um, I'll go, yeah, I'll go final four of uh Chase Elliott, um, Denny Hamlin, <laughs> um, Joey Logano, and um, Kyle Larson.
0: Ooh. Ooh all right, a little, little wow. mix up there. That's well, completely
4: off the top of my head. So don't hold me to that or, or do if you have me back in November again, we've already printed it, for
2: it. paper. So it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A,
4: tweet <laughs> that out immediately. When yeah. your predictions
0: go out next week, they better not be different than this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, Nate, uh, we talk a lot about food on our podcast. So this is one really important question I want to ask you. What track has the best uh, media spread or spread for the media?
4: Well, I hate to disappoint you, but I don't eat any of the track food and haven't since uh, probably about 2005. <laughs> Do you bring your own food? I bring my own food. I've become uh, more health conscious in my older age. Good to know. Nice. Good for you. My, my wife has uh, turned turned us on to meal planning uh, over the past year, or so I try to be even more vigilant about that. But, um Man, I, I feel like I should give you an answer though. Pre, pre, <laughs> no, your answer was five. perfect.
0: Pre two thousand five, Nate. What what was it? before two thousand five?
4: Well, a, a lot of the tracks had different food options then that weren't nearly as good. That, that was and that probably contributed to me moving away from eating <laughs> at track food. But like you know, I, I'll give you an example. You know, Daytona now has the Fan Zone, and they have like these bistro like right outside the media center between the expanding cup garages that seems to have kind of decent food. Um, it, it, there, there, there are many examples of that, like where I think tracks have started to, especially the ones that have, have, I haven't even been to Talladega since they did their reconfiguration, but what I've heard, there, lots of great food options. So yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as like negative Nancy on like <laughs> people shouldn't eat track food, but yeah, 15 years ago, there was, a, there was a reason then I stopped eating it, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think there are better options now.
3: You're not You're eating like, a funnel cake. cake. <laughs> yeah you're not eating a funnel cake every race is what
4: you're saying no, no funnel cakes in the last martinsville hot dog I ate was 2000 and i'll never eat another one sorry oh, um, but goodness. i don't think they should stop selling them or serving them and i'm not dissuading others from trying especially as you guys know as a oh, virginia you're sure, when
2: we go down to martinsville this year
4: no? <laughs> <laughs> oh man well nate this has been a
0: ton of fun we've taken up way too much of your time i got one last question here for you this is a um a question from someone on twitter Uh, a friend, fan of the show, Dakota Rutledge. He says, with all the puzzling questions on the package last year and the next gen talk, why does no one seem to be talking about the tire and the non-existent tire fall off? He's sort of getting
4: at like, "Yeah, we always complain about everything but the tire. The tire's too good almost. The tire does get talked about, but to his point, probably not as much publicly uh, as it should be. And uh, (laughs) there have been some drivers who have come out uh, and assailed Goodyear for the work that it's done, and I know Goodyear tries hard. And I, the Goodyear answer, and the the answer from some drivers is, Goodyear is in a box because they're put in this really difficult position of trying to build this tire to these ever changing setup conditions and this car with this you know ridiculous center of gravity um, that that is really you know it's it's not easy to build. Uh, again, I know just n- enough to be dangerous, but I think in Goodyear's case, what they face is difficult from other exclusive tire suppliers and other auto racing series. All that being said, like, I'll tell you, like, you know, privately I've heard from drivers, um, uh, maybe a NASCAR and NBC analyst or two that there should be more heat put on Goodyear, uh, to, to up their game. Um, and, and that there is, there is something to tire fall off that that's, that's what everybody really wants to see when they talk. I, I, I agree with that to, uh, to a big extent too, that like, when you talk about like what makes quality, great racing, uh, it's tire fall off. It's, it's having comers and goers. Yeah. And for as much as NASCAR, you know, went down the rabbit hole and I didn't always agree with it with chasing the package and the horsepower and the downforce to me, a lot of it just, it lies. Yes. There are aero problems. And yes, you don't want the, the cars overpowered or, or whatever, but a lot of it to me just lies in tire wear. And that's not to put all the onus on Goodyear that it's all on them to fix it, but they're a big part of the equation. And I, the hope is, and you know, from everything I've seen good faith wise, like they, they are trying and they, they, they sometimes hit it. And there's no question that, I, you know, there's been some times when they miss it and drivers do grumble then that like we could have raced better if, the, if we would have had the right tire, if it would have been yeah. rock hard and you know, made it impossible to handle. So I know they're working at it. I know the whole industry is working at it. And you know, I wish I had a better answer for Dakota. But I, I think that the best answer I can give you is that I think people are aware of it, even if it isn't talked about as much publicly as it should be. And uh, it is, I think, a focus for uh, the competition side of the industry to fix. Cool. Yeah, that's a good answer. I mean, he, he posed it on Twitter. I was
0: like, man, I, I never even thought of it. So I appreciate your insights there. Uh, and we appreciate your time and insights on, on the whole season. Can't believe it's here. And again, again, it's taken a while too. So we, we, uh, we're ready to get racing again and, uh, hopefully we can see at a track this year, you know, <laughs> <we
4: can. laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> well, we'll know we're in really good shape. If I can see you guys in Martinsville, uh, in the fall, that would be yeah. great.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'll have to come out to the campground. Well, uh, you can bring your own food, but we'll supply the
4: drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise I'll make that that journey if, uh, if we're all there.
0: All right, cool. Take care, man. Appreciate your time.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure.
0: Okay. Even though we had to bid farewell to Nate, we've still got a lot of preview things to cover, so let's keep it rolling. Before that, though, Dave, tell us about our new title sponsor.
1: Yeah, Garrett, thanks. I'm excited, to. And now many of our listeners are familiar with our presenting sponsor, RacingUSA.com. But for those of you who aren't, I want to introduce them to you. Racing USA has been selling NASCAR drivers diecasts, apparel, hats, helmets, and novelties on the internet for more than 20 years. Their response to the Dale Earnhardt tragedy in 2001 received national media attention, including feature stories on the Associated Press, USA Today, and CNN. When other retailers throughout the country saw the family's tragedy as an opportunity to make a quick buck, Racing USA removed its Dale Earnhardt merchandise from the website and closed its stores on Monday in honor of the seven-time cup champion. When they reopened for business on Tuesday morning, they did not increase their prices on Dale Earnhardt merchandise a single cent. David Carrington, president of RacingUSA.com, was quoted as saying, to do otherwise, would have been unconscionable. Because of its pricing integrity and customer service track record, RacingUSA.com consistently receives excellent performance ratings from its customers. When you shop their website, I'm sure you'll love that RacingUSA.com only carries merchandise licensed by NASCAR, the teams, and the drivers. Automatically discounts products in your cart and offers a free upgrade to expedited shipping. As a presenting sponsor of our Gas and Go podcast, RacingUSA is currently giving away a $50 gift card to one of our listeners every week. To qualify for this week's giveaway, make sure you're following us on Twitter and keep your eyes open. Whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, die cast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. Garrett, back to you. All right. Thanks, Dave. Definitely go
0: check out racingusa.com. I saw the other day they had a Chase Elliott Hooters koozie for like three bucks. You can't beat that. Okay. Well, let's get caught up to speed on the latest news in NASCAR with the Gas and Go news correspondent, Rhino. Over to you.
1: Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino. And this is your Stage 2 Gas & Go news. Fox released their iRacing schedule this past week, including starting with Bristol Dirt on Wednesday, March 24th. Dylan, I have you on record saying that you are excited about iRacing. Is Bristol Dirt Race a good place to start?
2: I guess so. It's weird that they're starting on the Dirt Race, but I mean, I'm going to be watching either way, so I'm still excited. The
1: The winter of Pitbull continues with NASCAR announcing that Mr. Worldwide will be the Grand Marshal of the Daytona 500. Connor as the GNG Pitbull expert. Give me your take on this news.
3: I love it. I know a lot of people see Pitbull kind of as goofy and a joke, but I'm a huge fan. I think this is great for him. I think it's great for the sport. I'm just excited for him to instead of saying, drivers start your engines, conductores
1: start your engines. Well said. The first free agent, Domino, has fallen. Joe Gibbs Racing extends agreement with Denny Hamlin and FedEx. I guess this puts any rumor of Denny sliding over to 2311 to bed for now. Dave, is it comforting to know that Denny, Gibbs, and FedEx are all sticking together? It makes me feel good. I don't know if it's comforting. I don't know that I feel any sort of way about it, but I think it was the right move. Uh, Maybe it's comforting to Denny. I'm glad he doesn't need new PJs to go to bed tonight. More bank news. Money Lion renews partnership with Penske, including sponsoring Brad at the Bush Clash. Garrett, you're my go-to bank guy. Break this down for us.
0: Uh, don't know Money Lion. If it's like Food Lion, I'm going to give it an average rating.
1: Okay. The prestigious Rolex 24 took place at Daytona this past weekend with Wayne Taylor Racing winning the overall title after holding off Chip Ganassi's car after they had a late tire puncture. Dylan, I saw you tweeting about the race, but did you watch any of the race? I did.
2: I probably watched, honestly, about between two to three total hours, which is more than I thought. And let me tell you, I had zero idea what was going on for any of it. That was confusing. (laughs) It was fun, but it was wild.
1: General Motors announced that they want to end production of all gasoline-powered cars by 2035. Connor, does this mean we won't have NASCAR and, more importantly, the Gas & Go podcast in 2035? And does that worry you?
3: (laughs) If the Gas & Go podcast is still going on in 2035, I'll be ecstatic. I also think that, like what Dylan and I were saying, let's get some electric cars out there and let them go fast.
1: Ty Dylan and Ty Gibbs will be driving select races for Joe Gibbs Racing number 54 car. Dave, is the name Ty having a moment? And are you excited? Who are you more excited to see race between the two? So, look, honestly, it's, this is like the all star car. Um, there's just so many names that are going to run through there. I actually think that Ty's, I'm going to a tie for zero wins in that car unlike all the all-stars running through it that hurts to hear put all the speculation to bed people reed Sorensen will be spotting for josh williams and doing some cup races for rick ware racing also spotting garrett which other semi-current nascar driver do you want listening to do you want to be listening to on the nascar scanner doing some spotting
0: uh clint boyer spotted would be fun although he's going to be in the booth I think we need to get Josh Williams on the show, though, and and ask him about Reed Sorensen being up there for him. Connor can lead that conversation spotter to spotter.
1: That would be a great get. A few rapid-fire news and notes from NASCAR's meeting with the press on Monday. NASCAR will have heat races to set the lineup for the Bristol Dirt Race. NASCAR will increase the truck field from 32 to 36 and also to 40 when there's no qualifying. NASCAR said at the end of March they are done developing a next-gen car, so put that to bed. And that is your Stage 2 Gas & Go News. I'm Rhino. Garrett, back to you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thanks, Rhino. Another packed week of news. Just more news and more news as we're getting closer to the season. I love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's get into stage three and get some predictions in the books. Dill, play us in. Okay, stage 3 this week we're not doing paint schemes. Just going to give you our predictions for the 2021 season. So each crew member is going to have one bold prediction and I type that out in bold font so you know it's going to be bold. And then the rest of us can poke fun of uh can poke fun at that person for that prediction. And then we'll also give you our final four and championship predictions. Talk about our Twitter results and do an Xfinity and Truck Series champion as well. So let's get into it. Connor, give us your bold prediction. Okay, this is
3: going to be quite bold, but I have one, two, three, four, five, six first-time winners in the Cup Series, and I'm going to list them off: Bubba, Matty D, Corey LaJoy, Tyler Reddick, chase briscoe and here's the extra bold mr Wreckham ross chastain will get his first win in
1: 2021 wow wow did i count two first win parties that will also be attending with that bold prediction <laughs> it's
3: there's gonna be a lot of parties this year i'm looking forward to it
1: that's the key to connor's prediction right there our social calendar is filling up if cons is right what about daniel suarez he's not on your list
3: I I wanted to put Daniel Suarez on there, but I think 2022 is going to be his year. <laughs> eight eight first time drivers? That's ridiculous. Seven, I can see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's let's move it along here. Dill, what's your bold prediction? All right, my bold
2: prediction is something that hasn't happened since Jimmy Johnson in 2007, and before that, Jeff Gordon in '98, but. With seven road races on the schedule this year, I don't see how it doesn't come true. Chase Elliott is going to get to the double-digit win category. Kevin Harvick was close, I think, with the playoffs last year. He had nine, but Chase Elliott's getting to double digits this year, and those road races are going to help him get there. Wow,
0: that's bold, man. That's going to I think uh, our listeners are going to like that, though, <laughs> considering they seem to all be Chase Elliott fans. but <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Ten wins for Chase.
2: He's he's proven that he can win on every type of track, and I mean they're just adding literal tracks that he knows that he dominates. So, a couple short tracks here, you know, get him uh, all those road courses. Pull out of one or two elsewhere. He's definitely going to be up there.
0: Yeah, bold, not unrealistic. Dave, can you top that boldness?
1: Oh yeah, can I? I (laughs) here. Let me start by saying I don't think Dylan and I can both be correct because. (laughs) I have Kyle Busch winning the most road races in NASCAR this year, starting in a few weeks at the Daytona road course. Kyle Busch brings some of the most road course dubs in 2021. So if Chase is getting
3: road course wins, Kyle Busch is getting road course wins. How many is the dinger getting? I have him at least with four (laughs) or five. I didn't even think that was bold.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's pretty bold, Dave. I, I yeah. yeah. What was the last time Kyle Bush won a road race? Do you know?
1: No, I don't.
0: <laughs> extra bold,
3: maybe. You, just said, oh, you said bold, barely bold got prediction. One no. yeah. Yeah. Is <laughs> he no, getting extra practice on these road courses?
1: Well, so here's my, here's my thinking, if you guys want it, and it's that Bush had an off year last year. He's coming in hot with a new crew chief. He's coming in hungry. And I got to think, he's a guy that knows how to turn right. And he's probably offended that Chase has won so many consecutive road races. I think he's taking it personally. I think he's putting in the work, probably on a on a sim. But yeah, I think he gets it done this year. Oh. Garrett, Garrett, I'll let you go first. My my take is way too hot to not be last. <laughs> All right,
0: I'll, I'll I'll jump in here and give you my bold prediction. So my bold prediction, it's kind of similar to Connor's after he went. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, but I I have six new drivers in the playoffs this year. So I guess Connor's would Ooh, almost be the playoffs. same cuz he's got six people winning, but six of the 16 drivers will be in the playoffs will be new uh versus last year. So we're going to see some shuffling. We're going to see guys that are in these new rides uh have great years. We're going to see guys get wins. Uh, and it's going to be fun. There's going to be some guys out there that you that, you know are playoff staples that are not going to be there. Uh, Who? Who? Say. Like, name some are names. Going to arise. Name some names. names. Yeah,
2: let's get some names going here. Yeah.
3: Who Cole Custer is he going to be back? I mean, he's got obviously. So,
0: <laughs> Cole Custer's on my cut list. Oh my Austin God. Dillon. Austin Dillon is on my cut list, replaced by uh, teammate Tyler Reddick.
1: Eric Almirola.
0: He's gone. Briscoe's taking his place. Kurt Ooh. Bush. Kurt Bush, Yeah, he he he's Ooh. maybe. I've got Bush
2: is my underdog for the season. I like Kurt Bush this year.
0: I've got Chris Bell, Bubba, uh, Kyle Larson didn't make the playoffs last year. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that?
3: So I mean, there's got to be a big name that will be out then.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be exciting. There's gonna <laughs> Let's be- get really bold. Who's that <laughs> big name? <laughs> yeah. I just gave you several, but look, I mean, think about that Daytona. Cole Custer's but, as big as they come. That's true. <laughs> that race in Daytona, you know, the last one to get into the playoffs is going to be wild. Bonkers. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. All right, Ryan. Let's uh, bold it up. It's your turn.
1: Okay, those were cute. Those were cute. We're talking road courses. We're talking playoffs. Blah, 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 blah. We had a throwback guest this week, and I got a throwback clip all the way back to episode two where Dave said this about Kevin Harvick. He's not going to forget how to win at these tracks. Well, Dave, you were wrong then, and you are still wrong. Kevin Harvick will not win a race this year. He is 45 years old, and my friend, NASCAR analytics guru, David Smith, he's way past his peak age, according to him. And I think last year was able to really take advantage with no practice And this year, no wins, zero zilch. Let's make it interesting. And look, we're a, we're a family podcast, so it doesn't have to be uh, there don't need to be financial stakes, but I, put something, put something where your mouth is. That's ridiculous.
3: That is bold, right there. That's if he
1: when he wins a race, I will let Dave take over stage two. Gas and Go News.
3: Look, Dave's Whoa. got stages. <laughs> I don't Dave know if gets the five that. good
1: seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my whatever
3: he wants. <laughs> I'll give you my five good F1 five seconds. good
1: seconds. When Harvick wins, there are no more seconds.
3: Oh, oh. oh. I like this. Let's go. That Dave. is <laughs> oh. And, and, when like Harvick, the
1: <laughs> and when Harvick second race, and when doesn't win, I get to put Dave on mute for an entire episode. But he still has to be here. He's just in mute.
0: I and think that's a it. good bet. All how right. Then how does Harvick like get you know lucky nine times last year? Take advantage of the no practice. I what, mean, the
1: guy. Won what five happened? Races. What happened in the round of eight? He just he bored. went to Sleep. He didn't win a race. But he's gonna have to do that all year. years old, Garrett. <laughs> You wanted a bold prediction? Ooh, six people aren't going to make the playoffs. I can't name them, That's but bold. whatever. That's It's Bold, bold man. All right, <laughs> bolded. We're here to play. We're here to out bolded
0: us. <laughs> that was bold. All balls right, well, let's get more into more. let's get into final four and championship predictions. We know who's not in Ryan's final four. <laughs> Kevin Harvick. Um, all right, we'll, we'll do the same order. Connor, who, who's your final four and champion?
3: Okay, I'm going to switch out one of my original guys that I was thinking that we were talking about, but I think Harvick will be there, uh, oddly enough. I think he's going to bounce back from missing it last year. I think Denny is pretty much a lock, almost. I have a new person in Ryan Blaney. I think he gets it together in the playoffs this year, and I'm excited for him to get that Final Four and I originally had Kyle Bush, but after talking with Mr. Nate Ryan and him not being so um, on board with that, I'm going to switch him for Joey Logano, who I hate to put in there, but I just he's just always there. It just seems like he's always there at the top.
0: I, I'm not counting, but I, I, was that four? Because it sounded like three. That was four. was? All right. Who's your, Harvick, who's your Hamlin, champion, though?
3: Blaney. Logano, my champion, and Mr. Charles Barkley himself will get his first with Denny Hamlin.
0: Whoa. Wow. All right, all right. Dell who, who's your four and champion?
3: All right, so
2: my four here, I'm, I'm sort of hedging my bets. I'm going, I think three of these are definitely getting in, but I have two guys that are a little out there, but I think are both going to have good years. Um, I have Harvick. I think he's definitely getting in, and I think Chase Elliott is going to definitely get back there as well. I think True X is having a year this year. I think he's going to show up. He's going to win a a couple races, get in. He's going to just win a couple of those playoff races, too. You know, he was real close a lot last year, but I think he pulls through. And then my real dark horse, not Kyle. We're going with my guy, that one car. Kurt Busch is going to be the premier Busch brother this year. The monster car is running through, coming in hot. Kurt Busch is having a season,
0: baby dill this is the uh final four not the bold predictions part of the show <laughs> <laughs> what well, they're not the same <laughs> I, I i think that
2: you know i think he's gonna step up i think I, this was really my thought process i think he's gonna do better than kyle bush and when i was still in this out i just got really into it and i and i said why not man let's right. just put kurt all the way <laughs> who's your champion I think Harvick wins it. I think I think you know, it's an upset, too. I think Chase Elliott's going to be the favorite for most of the season, but I think Harvick's a little upset after last year. I think he's going to be even more upset after hearing Ryan just talk some straight blasphemy. He's going to take that personally. He's not on the twenty three eleven team, but he's going to take it personally. I think he, he's going to have a, a year here and, and end up pulling it out at the end.
1: Cool. All right. Dave. I got nothing bold in this final four. Um, I'll just go go by the numbers here. I got Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Denny Hamlin.
0: Okay, Who, who's holding the trophy?
1: I got back to back Chase Elliott championships. I just I think his confidence is through the roof right now. I think even though Kyle Busch wins more road courses, Chase Elliott still brings home the big trophy. Mm.
0: All right, all right. Okay, I'll go here. Uh I've got Chase Elliott. I've got Kyle Bush. I, you know, contrary to what Nate told us, I, I still think he's gonna have a good year. I got Kevin Harvick rebounding, you know. I, I think he's not happy about how that last season ended after such a great season. I think he's coming back. And I've got the most underappreciated driver in NASCAR. I'm not even like a big fan of his, but just he seems to have been forgotten about and we talked with Nate about this a little bit, but Brad Keselowski is coming back. I mean, remember he was in the final four last year too. The guy won three races. He's won at least three races for the last four years. He's a champion. He's just a good driver. I I just don't think people really think about him when they talk about playoffs and good drivers anymore for some weird reason. And he seems to be in like somehow the same contract situation as Matty D who's never won a race. It's like, what are we doing here? But all right, that's my Brad Keselowski tangent. Um, and I got Chase Elliott back-to-back because I just, with this schedule, uh, I just, until it doesn't happen, that it, it's going to happen. So that that's who I got. Ryan, I'm sure you're going to have something ridiculous. So. Well,
2: real quick before Ryan, did you did you consider the fact that Chase Elliott or that Brad Kozlowski's driving a Keystone car this year, Keystone Light? <laughs> that was taken into consideration during this?
0: That's a good point. Keystone Light. <laughs> Is the Keystone Light of beers, but uh, <laughs> it's only, it's like only one, one race.
1: race. It's only one race oh, of thirty-six. Yeah. I mean, only one because... <laughs> all right, Ryan. all right. So my final game. four. I also I also have Brad Keselowski in there. He's the king of the seven fifty horsepower. He'll win in New Hampshire twice, I'm sure. I got Kyle Larson in there as well. He's going to be mad. He's going to be mean. He's not going to say it to the media, but he'll be mean on the inside. Chase Elliott again. They basically Chase Elliott scheduled this up for him. They're letting him walk into the final four basically. And then give me Kyle Bush. When you put a Virginia Tech engineer on the top of the uh, pit box i'm feeling that and i got mr brad keselowski winning it all he should have won it all last year like i said he's the king of the 750 horsepower he's gonna win it at phoenix i'll be celebrating there with him we'll get cactuses in our arm and i can't wait and i think it's cacti i i take that back
0: <laughs> uh that was spoken like a true virginia tech engineer right there nice nice picks uh yes <laughs> i i wish we had coordinated before like I'm sure our, our listeners have noticed we don't do a lot of that before, but we could have we could have tag team our Brad Keselowski, uh, underappreciated love. So, I I think pretty, he's he's and, perfectly appreciated.
3: And Ryan went one step for, uh, further and gave him the whole yeah, <laughs> trophy. It was like, yeah, and Kozlowski is going to win it all. So, he should have so won it all last nothing.
1: year, and he's and he's a free agent next year, so he's going to have to show out if he wants oh, to end contract up contract
3: year. That's a good teams. point. No. Yeah,
1: what does do that mean? He should have won it all last year. He was the, the top 750 horsepower guy out there. He should have won. Did he you actually you watch the Phoenix? race, they put out yeah, there. i Yeah. Chase
0: Elliott. You he, he missed that part. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> there were some wonky things going on with Chase Elliott. I won't get him to him here, but some things were going on. But congrats to Chase Elliott. He won last year. Didn't count because of COVID. But...
3: I like how we all had different Final Fours um, coming in here. We all had some little dark horse. This was. Uh, I was happy. None of us picked the same.
0: Yeah, there's some parity. Dave and I both got chase, but, you know. Does
1: anyone yeah. but Ryan not have Harvick in the Final Four? That's correct. That tracks. Hey, but but Ryan was the only one who
3: didn't <laughs> have him last year.
1: I, I can't cut a promo against Harvick earlier and then go ahead and walk him into my Final <laughs> Four. That, that just wouldn't make sense to the listeners. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. In Final, Final Four without that's, winning. That's, Ryan, that's, that's consistent awesome. as consistent as still being a drum guy. <laughs> <laughs> not again not again
2: exactly ryan is very consistent i've never been a drum guy
0: <laughs> well ryan
3: speaking drum of ads,
0: please right speaking of kevin harvick uh give us the results from the twitter submissions because i think <laughs> those might go against what you think as
1: well <laughs> yeah we put it out to our listeners uh to fill out their final form we had great uh reaction so thank you for that they had kevin harvick was their number one guy they don't know what they're talking about chase <laughs> elliott then Kyle Bush, and then Denny Hamlin. That's your well, final I'm 4 I'm shocked
2: that our listeners had Harvick over Chase Elliott. Like, the one thing I know about our listeners is that all of them are like Chase Elliott guys. And yeah, they was a Chase, Chase Elliott, Elliott
0: guy. but still, he wasn't top guy. What was the percentage, right? How many, what was, what did Harvick get percentage wise to be the top?
1: Uh, Kevin, Harvick, Kevin Harvick was at 33%, and then Chase was at 28, and then Kyle and Denny were at nine.
0: Hmm. Wow. Well, okay. Okay. So, All right. Well, yeah, man. we we appreciate everyone. Uh,
1: oh, well. S- sorry. Say that again. I, I was looking at the championship picks. That made no sense. <laughs> what? So, yeah, like,
2: that's championship.
0: Yeah, not final. Yeah,
1: four. no, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I thought we were talking
0: about final four still. No, no, we, we're talking about who the who they had as the champion. So you you got it.
1: Yeah, they, they had Kevin Harvey as the champion. Yep. Cool.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, like I was saying, thanks to all the fans for taking the time to submit those picks. Ryan's drooling over the data. Maybe he'll release some on Twitter later on. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Let's see. We got one more set of predictions to do here, boys. And I don't think we need to, to spend a lot of time on this. Just need some names here for our Xfinity and Truck Champions. Same order. Connor, who's taking home those crowns?
3: Bold Haley Deegan in the trucks and uh mr noah gregson in the xfinity real bold (laughs) uh
2: xfinity i'm i'm with the spotter here i think noah takes it home um trucks i'm gonna go with i i think the back-to-back we're going single-digit cars here that sheldon creed that
1: number two car i like him nice pick nice pick dave Trucks, I'm going Mr. Front Row, John Hunter Nemechek. And in the Xfinity, I got Justin Allgaier bringing it home for JR Motorsports. Nice. Okay, I'm up here. I'm
0: going Gas and Go, OKG, our kind of guy for Xfinity, Daniel Hemrick, takes home the title. And in trucks, I'm also going Front Row, Joe Jr., John Hunter Nemechek in that Kyle Busch Motorsports truck car or truck truck, <laughs> whatever. Ryan, who you got?
1: Well, this guy's favorite autobiography was uh, Enzo Ferrari. So I'm going with Austin Sindrick for Xfinity. And then trucks, I got Chandler Smith in the newly numbered 18 uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we've got some good parody there. That'll be fun to watch this season. And We've had a lot of those Xfinity guys on on the show, so can't wait to track them. Uh, we need to get some truck guys on, I just realized. I don't think we've had any truck guys, so let's let's brainstorm our, our listeners tell us who we should get from the truck series on. And we'll try to do that. Yeah. But I think that's all we got this week. That's a wrap on the 2021 season preview episode. Thanks again to Nate Ryan for stopping by. Always fun catching up with Nate. We've got one more episode until we finally, finally have engines fired and some real racing. So next week we're going to preview the Daytona 500. This will be a lot of fun. Connor, Tell the fine folks who is going to help us do that. We have a very
3: special guest coming next week. She is a two-time Jimmy John's franchise owner. She is the play-by-play announcer for Fox Sports coverage of the Arca Menard series. The first woman play-by-play announcer in all of motorsports, Miss Jamie Little.
0: That is right. Jamie Little is joining the crew to break down the Daytona 500. So she's going to make some predictions. I think we'll have a laugh or two with Jamie. She's a fun person. Uh, I'm really, really excited for this one. It, it's been hard to not <laughs> announce that we've that we've had her confirmed, but it's been hard keeping that one a secret. So I'm glad we can finally share the news. I uh, can't wait to get that one to you guys. So uh in the meantime you know the drill stay engaged with us take five seconds to hit that five-star review on apple it means the world to us let us know if you want a gas and go decal rumor is there might be some gas and go merch on the way we'll see about that another big thanks to our new presenting sponsor racingusa.com america's online headquarters for officially licensed nascar merchandise look out for the next racingusa.com gift card giveaway on twitter uh, let's up the secret code this week. All right. So last week, the secret code gave you a uh, double entry. We're going triple entries this week, everybody. So just reply to the giveaway tweet with the number three. You can write out three or just put three and we will read you loud and clear and give you three entries into the giveaway. All right. That was a, that was a breathful. <laughs> now that we got all that out of the way, thanks for listening. And as always, keep on grinding out there, and we'll keep on grinding alongside of you. And we'll see you next week. All
2: right, as we close out here, fellas, can I give you some uh, some Vegas style over unders on the season? See what you guys are thinking on some of these things. It hey, us. All right, Bubba said his goal for the season is two wins. Over, under, one and a half bubble wins this year.
1: Under. Under. Under.
2: Under. Oh, oh, what about that. a half? Everyone under, over a half? Under. Under.
1: Under. under. It rhymes with what? zero.
2: What about Kyle Larson? One and a half. Over, under, one uh, wins.
1: Over. 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 Under.
2: Ooh. All right. I have under for Kyle Larson as well. Uh, what about canceled races? Half. Are we going <laughs> to have a canceled race this year?
3: under it's just it'll be postponed but it'll be completed. yeah what, what counts as canceled
2: uh canceled as in they're moving it and indefinitely they don't know if they're gonna reschedule it
0: no that, that didn't happen last year it ain't happening this year yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right and then one more for you uh manufacturer wins ford versus chevy plus toyota
0: Bowtie till i die at all Until they day. get electric.
1: <laughs> give me Ford. Give me Ford. Except for Kevin Harvick, of course. Because <laughs> you heard
2: earlier.
1: Euro wins, but... Ford has I'm no chance of that Harvick. <laughs> what do you mean? We have Eric Almarola, We have Chase Briscoe. We have... Uh, Ryan Custer. To repeat myself.
3: <laughs> what about .5 wins for the Custer? The Colonel. No, yeah, we didn't mention uh, the
0: Colonel at all in our season. Over, two. baby.
2: <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm still waiting on my
2: my Stone Cold Colonel shirt to come in the mail. Here, I'm I'm pumped to be rocking that bad boy. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's cracking a this Dixie's <laughs> vodka
3: and put in uh, the winner circle. It's be I amazing. saw Dixie
1: Vodka liking a lot of our tweets, so yeah, I mean is, if they wow, want nice. to reach out. We always need a uh, another sponsor. A Dixie.
0: Oh, I did not see that. The official uh, vodka of the Gas and Go crew. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. All right.
3: I
1: just all want right. to be clear. Don't think I didn't notice. All right. That as much as. Removing an internal combustion engine from NASCAR offends me. Removing the gas man from NASCAR <laughs> cuts deep, boys, and and I want you to know that I see what you're doing. You're the battery man, Dave. Yeah, you're coming yeah, was, with the battery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charge him <them> up. <laughs> nope. I, when Nate Ryan was talking about salaries uh, were going to be decreased for pit crew guys, I got a little concerned for my boys in blue. There, I mean. We had a union up at that moment. We have to cut that from the podcast. I hope it didn't get aired.
0: Yeah, I can't believe that the the pit stops are going up with less lug nuts. (laughs) Maybe that'll
2: be the the biggest lug lug nuts so
0: big. They gotta get like a
2: huge wrench or something like that. Maybe they don't get the electric drill anymore. They gotta get the old school hand crank out to get it (laughs) off. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, stay tuned for
4: the answers to all these wonderful questions. We'll see you next week.